Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. Well, get out your Bibles with me uh, this morning and turn to Philippians chapter 2. Have you ever had just one of those weeks that just everything didn't go quite right? I worked on my sermon, been pressed for a time, and, and uh, went and made an outline for Oliver and, and so he could have it on the screen this morning and realized I didn't save the sermon before I cut it up. And, and that was, then I was pressed. We had a, a 90th birthday party for Mildred yesterday in the Fellowship Hall, and so... We'll see how this comes out this morning, all right? Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. How many believe we're living in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation? Among whom you shine as lights in this world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain, Yes, if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the, sa- on the sacrifice in service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we just thank you, Lord, for each person here this, e- this morning. And Father, we pray in this time, this time of breaking open the bread of life, Lord, we're praying that you'll just touch and lead and, and guide us in this message this morning. Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to our hearts and challenge us where we're at in our walk with you. And Lord, may your word, Lord, that brings life, bring life into us this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I read these verses and I'm reminded of the old saying, a woman's work is never done. Let me say it again. I wanted more amens from the women. A woman's work is never done. That's a little stronger. Not mainly because of the, the, the woman's work, but mainly of what it says. It seems like their work never stops. I watch my wife, and she's constantly washing clothes, cooking, and doing all these things. I am blessed as a husband, right? Yesterday was the Husband Appreciation Day, and she didn't appreciate me on Facebook, but she did tell me face to face. But literally, I should have Appreciation Day for her every day for all that she does. Amen? Yeah, we got some amen that time. All right. But, you know, we, we understand that it, it just continues. And with the thought of the work never stops, and if we apply that into a term in each one of our Christian's life, our Christian life that we live, all of us that are, are saved and born again, you know, in this journey that we call this Christian walk, there is always a work to be done in our lives. Let me try that one again. There's always a work to be done in our lives. Amen? You never get to that point unless you breathe your last breath and then you get into the presence of the Lord 
You never get to the point to where you're not needing some kind of work to take place in our lives. And sometimes, I don't know about you, it's kind of like putting paint on a building and then 10 years later you've got to go back and paint it again. And sometimes some things that we've had victory over, we have to go back and get victory again. And so this work is constantly in our life. It, it never stops. I wished it would, but it does not. There's always that thing happening in our life that we are always needing something to go forward in our walk with God. Well, these verses this morning speak of six things that we all need to be working on as Christians. Or even as Christians on an individual level. Six things this morning. And I'm going to look at these today. The first thing is it is up to each believer to work out their own salvation. It's up to each believer to work out their own salvation. When we talk about the word work out or uh, to work it out, it means to complete it. You know, I, I think about this. I wish that when I got saved that I would be exactly like God wanted me to be and, and, I, I, and I wouldn't have to just keep working at this thing. But the truth is, I have had to work and work and work. And it's up to each one of us to complete our salvation all the way to the very end. All the way to the very end. I used to run track, and I, I, I used to get a few ribbons and sometimes a medal. One time I got a medal for third place in the 330 high hurdles. Now, I was shorter then. And the only reason I got third place, there was only three people running. And so I got third place, and, you know, and I realized that it, I had to work at that. And, but even at that, I wouldn't have got the third place medal if I would not have went across the finish line. Everything that we need to do, we, we work for that crown of life. We want to cross that finish line, and we don't want to just drag it across. We want to be last in place. We want to come in strong. And it talks about completing our salvation. What He begun at the altar needs to be the same at the end of our race. And so it talks about completing, working that out, that salvation and working. You know, this is not a standalone Scripture when it talks about this concept of finishing the race. In 1 Corinthians 9.24 it says, So run that you may obtain. Run the race so that you may obtain. We also find in, in Colossians chapter 1.29, it says, Striving according to His work which worketh in me mightily. Talking about going forward. Talking about becoming who God wants us to be. And we know God has a vision for you and what He wants you to be like. Amen? And how He wants you to walk and how He wants you to act. God has a vision for you. In Philippians 3.14, we find this, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Who's writing that? Paul's writing that. Man, if there's somebody, I've heard people say, when I get to heaven, I want to see Paul. And why do they say that? Because Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament, but also he suffered a lot of things, but he still ran the race. He says, I've completed my journey. I've completed my race. He went across the line. He's writing, I run to obtain. He's saying that I am going toward the prize. Second Peter says this in 1.10, says, give all diligence to make your calling and election sure. Give all diligence to make your calling. What's the calling? That calling out of darkness into life. That election is that part that you become a son and a daughter of God. He says, make sure, give all diligence to make that 
calling and that election sure. That says just because I came and got right doesn't mean that's going to take me in on all the way through. It means God's got to work in my life and make me who God would have me to be. I'm saying today, maybe the world needs some people that look a little bit like Jesus. Amen? And the only way we get to look like Jesus is God starts working in our life and He starts to work things out. So to make it complete, I'm waiting for that day. Amen? I'm waiting for that day. I mean, I'm not in no hurry, but to cross the jil- uh, that chilly Jordan, <laughs> you know, if I had to cross, that means I had to die. So, come Lord Jesus. See, the completion does not take place until I get home. Until I get where I need to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he also says in this passage, it's each man's own work. Now think about that just for a moment. Each man's own work. It's not my friend's job to work out my salvation. Amen? It's not that Snoopy person's job to work out my salvation. It's not the pastor's job to work out your salvation. It's not even the apostle's job to work out the salvation. After all, this is an apostle writing this, and he says, work out your own salvation. Think about that, what it means. It means you learn to stand on your own two feet. Come on, I, I used to have a guy that I worked with in Stanette when I pastored there, and, his, and he, he was an ex-vet, or he was a vet, and, and he had a real bad problem about drinking, and, and he literally, when I was in town, he did pretty good. He'd come to church, but I'd get a phone call. I went to Branson, to a deal in Branson. I get a call from him, he says, well, that's all right. He was just totally wasted. Every time I would leave town, he would fall back into that same thing. I mean, he needed to learn to stand on his own two feet. He needed to learn, yes, I'm there, pastors are there, people are in our lives to encourage, people are there to teach us on how to walk, but it does us no good unless we make our mind up to stand on our own two feet. My land, my pastor, when I first got saved, man, I loved him, I still love him, he's a good guy, and, and... And He left me in the middle of me just getting saved. I remember Him backing up, loading all His stuff off and and, and loading it up and going back to Missouri where all those trees are. And I literally cried like a baby because God had begun to work in me and that pastor was pouring into me. But God says you need to learn to go forward on your own. Not to be educated on my own, not that, but talking about standing on my own. This is what it speaks of, working out our own salvation. See, God puts teachers, pastors, and those people in our life. They can only lead us to the water, but we must be the one that drinks. We must be the one that says, I'm going to do what I can in order to remain where God has chosen me to be. Or chosen me to be. See, this is in conjunction, if you read it, it's in conjunction with thus saith the Lord. When Paul writes this, it's with thus saith the Lord. This is not make it up as you go on how to live your life for God. This is in conjunction. I've heard people tell me that, hey, don't worry about me, God and I, we've got this thing worked out. And they can be so messed up in their life and what they're saying that's what they've got worked out looks nothing like what the Bible says when you're working things out. Come on, have you ever met somebody like that? 
I've seen people like that, and I think, well, I'll tell you, because I've had people say, me and God, we like this, and I think, well, but you and God, you aren't, you aren't doing what God's telling you to do. I've had a conversation at 4 o'clock in the morning with a guy that was going to go to Teen Challenge down by Corpus, and I think he picked that one just because it was next to the ocean. <laughs> but he had been in and out, and I said, well, you and God have got nothing worked out. But the truth is, when it talks about working out our own uh, salvation with fear and trembling, it's not talking about being isolated. It's not talking about being the long ranger. It's talking about letting people pour into you and being the person that God's Word would have you to be. Paul talking, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, but do it as I have instructed you to do. Come on, you, you don't go anywhere in life if you can't receive instructions. Amen? You must receive instruction. You must look. You know, when I get ready to do something, I don't know how to do it. I have learned in my life, call somebody that knows how to do it. Amen? We were having trouble this last week. We're trying to get internet over here, and we're working on Me and Oliver, we're working. We just couldn't get it done. And we called this young man. His name's Lynn Patterson. Lynn Patterson, I say, hey, dude, this is what we got going on and we really need it. And he says, why don't you try this wire over there and this wire over there? And guess what? I had already ordered a new system, everything else. Yeah, hallelujah, Pastor Oliver, back there in the back because we wanted to make sure we could stream the services. I switched that out. It was that simple when I switched the wires. He was going to meet me at lunch and I tried some of that stuff I had the phone conversation with and it worked. I'm going to tell you, if I'm trying to do something, why, why is it that we're so bullheaded and stubborn sometimes that when we're trying to go forward with the Lord that we don't take time to let people speak into our lives, pour into our lives, give us instructions, show us the way. My friend, there's some people that have lived for God a long, way, a long time and they've lived for God well. Talking about God pouring in. So, I don't mind advice. I don't mind asking. I've been able to do a lot of things in my life because I've asked the right person. Amen? I know if I need a lot of things, I asked Ken back there. Ken probably got me on caller ID, blocking my number now. <laughs> but he does a lot of things for us. It doesn't mean just go do your own thing. It means learn what is right and apply that into your life. Paul very clearly ties them with the obeying his godly concepts in order to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. The word fear and trembling speaks of this, talks that it is with that kind of anxiety which one has who feels that he has an important interest at stake and that he is in danger of losing it. Talking about salvation. And I'll tell you this morning, the most precious thing you have in life is what God's given you, and it's called salvation. You'll look back one day and you'll think, man, I am so glad I got saved. For eternity is going to be there for you because of salvation in your life. The most important thing that you'll ever do is get your right, life right with God. There's nothing we'll compare with it. It doesn't matter how much money you make, how brilliant you are, all that. That all fades to the side. I've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul. Amen? Never. Well, I take that back. I've seen a picture of one. They were just making fun. But they didn't get to enjoy it. But the most important thing, the most precious thing that you'll ever have in your life is your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's why it says work it out with fearing, trembling. To make sure that you are doing as God would have you to do things in your life. Work it out with fear and trembling. Trembling. 
means one must be careful because our soul is at stake. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 17 says this, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand that the will of the Lord, what the will of the Lord is. It says walk circumspectly. That means just walk, be cautious the way you walk, what you do in life, because you never know what's going to cause you to fall or stumble. It says pay attention to what you accept and what you do and who you're around. Amen? Why? Because salvation is in line. The next thing I want to look at this morning is every believer should work on pleasing the Lord. Every believer should work on pleasing the Lord. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says this, it says, For it is good who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. The New Living Translation says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Now listen to that verse. That verse is powerful. When I read that, as I was reading this passage of Scripture, I thought, man, how how, how wonderful that is when it says God is working in you. A lot of times we think, well, God's working in that person, but He's not working in me. The Bible says God is working in all of us. I mean, He's doing a work inside of us. Think about that. That's the Creator, the one that spoke everything into existence, is doing something inside of you. Now you say, well, I don't know. I haven't seen Him in there. But I'm going to ask you this morning, have you ever heard God talk to you? And you say, I've never heard it audible out loud, but have you not ever sensed Him in the midst of you, speaking to your soul, speaking to your spirit? He's doing a work in you. Aren't you glad this morning, my friend, that God is doing a work inside of you? I thank God that we serve a a Lord that created us and not that we created Him. Uh, There's a lot of people take a piece of wood and carve something out and bow down at it and say, please speak to me. But God, hallelujah, speaks to us daily if we will but pay attention. The Creator of all is inside speaking into our hearts and our lives. God the Creator. You don't have to be ordained. You don't have to be all this doctrine and all that. God speaks to it. My grandmama, my great-grandmother, she wasn't ordained, but I'll guarantee you she heard God. How many of you have seen people like that in your life? Sometimes you didn't want to be around them, huh? God speaks. He says he's, he's doing a work. He works inside of us. God works in all of us. His children, and especially as His children, so that we may please Him. Sometimes, listen, I've been blamed for a message like I'm preaching today, saying, hey, you were preaching at me, and you're making me feel bad. No, I'm not. God is making you feel bad. I'm not calling me God, but God's working on the inside of you. Amen? God is speaking to you. I'm going to tell you, God has a way to taking you to the woodshed. Amen? He has a way of even encouraging you. He has a way of saying, hey, good job. He has a way of saying something inside of you that you have an ideal that God is pleased with you. Amen? God, why is it that we, 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 we don't... You know, it always amazes me, those on the dark side, all about spiritual things, and then we as Christians struggle sometimes that our God is able to talk to us. Hmm. Doesn't make sense at all. Right? We serve a supernatural God. So He's 
He's doing a work in us. Praise God. I'm glad somebody's working on me. My wife works on me every now and then. She's made me change clothes twice in the last couple of weeks. Because that wasn't what I needed to be wearing for the occasion. So I like this part because He makes a way for us to please Him. He makes a way for us to please Him. Every believer should please work on pleasing the Lord. That should be our desire in our life. But listen, He makes a way that we can do this. To please Him is to live our lives in the way that He would desire us to live them. To live them where He would have us to live them and to live it in a way that He would have us to live. I I think about that. Uh, You know, the first thing He does is give us a desire. That's what the Word says when you look at that passage of Scripture. Uh, I like the new living in it. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire. And skip that. To what pleases Him. Giving you a desire inside of you. He's working in us us to bring forth a desire to work and to please Him. The evidence that God is working in us, listen, the evidence that God's working in you this morning is that desire that you have to please God. How many are just would say, Pastor, this morning, I really want to please God. You know, God's desire working in you says, hey, He is actually there present in your life and He's saying, and He's given us the desire to please Him. I don't know about you, but I, I, when I got saved, man, I, and I say it a lot of times, but God did a work in me. God took me from darkness and made me a new person and a new man. And I had a desire in me to serve God, to do whatever I could to make God happy. Is, is that... Is that familiar with any of you? That you just wanted to do whatever. There was such a desire deep inside of me to do whatever God took. God really literally took my life and made me, or not made me, but took me in a different direction. All my dreams I had this direction, I had to go another direction. I wasn't dreaming about pastoring. I wasn't dreaming about ministry. I was thinking about running dad's place and, and just sitting around watching the employees make money and, and all that stuff. And, but God took me a different way. God's desire stirs up inside of us. And here's the thing about that desire. The closer you get to God, the greater desire to please Him will become evident in your life. Come on, I'm not just preaching this morning. I'm talking about things that I've learned in my life. The closer you get to Him, the more the world becomes less in your life and the more to please Him becomes more in your life. To desire that, God stirs that up inside. Come on, a preacher can preach it, but the Holy Spirit will bring it home. God has a way of stirring desire up inside of us. I'm reminded in the Exodus when they were building the tabernacle and God put a, a stirred the hearts of the people to give. Come on, and then they had to tell the people to quit giving. How I many you know that's stirring up a pretty good desire? You'll never hear me say that. That is a pretty good desire when God stirs them up to give and then, he, then they have to say, quit bringing the stuff. we got plenty. I'm saying today, can you get it figured out today that if you got a desire to please God this morning, God is working in you. It says He is well and alive in you and He is working and doing what He can inside of you. He loves you. And He's doing something inside of you. On the flip side of that, If you can be perfectly happy in your sin, 
and you have no desire to please God in your life, then I have to wonder about your relationship with God and where you're at with God. Because if you're where you need to be with God, He is working in you to make you or have you give you desire to please Him. I'm going to tell you, being on the flip side of that's not a good place to be. We need to be where God is stirring the desire. I mean, you, know, you know, it's interesting. I have found out that the world a lot of times know exactly what God wants out of the church. What do you mean? They know that God wants us to be separated. God, that we shouldn't be doing this, we shouldn't be doing that. And, and they label your name pastor, and they really know what you're supposed to be doing. I, I'm saying God puts this desire in us. So if you're sitting here this morning, literally, with the desire to please God, and you know God's asking you to go from point A to point B in your life, or saying surrender this to Him, or, or that, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing at all. A good thing that you are wanting to please God. That's a good thing. I got, I got news for you this morning. Because see, the second thing is this, is that He gives us the power to fulfill the desire that He puts in our hearts. He gives us the power to fulfill the desire that He puts in our hearts. So listen to me just for a moment. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1-2, it says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Now, I don't know about you this morning, but when I read that passage of Scripture, I think about laying aside a weight. What is that? A weight is something that is hindering you from serving God where God wants you to serve. Or doing what God would have you do in your weight. It's not necessarily a sinful thing, but it has become a problem with you in serving the Lord. But the other thing is that easy sin that so easily besets you. How many, don't raise your hand this morning, but how many of you know what I'm talking about when you're talking about a sin that so easily besets you? Now I thought I can go over a lot of lists this morning. But why do that? Because every one of you know exactly what I'll be talking about this morning, right? So why waste my time and your time this morning, but that sin that you just keep on, oh Lord, forgive me this time, God, I'm going forward, and just keeps on messing with me and keeps on going over. And, 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 and believe it or not, I, you know, I struggle in, in areas, and, and God gives me that strength. But listen to what He says. The desire is to please Him. Where does that come from? God puts it inside here. I'm going to set somebody free this morning, not me, but by what I'm fixing to say, it, it, this is you've got a desire to please God this morning. I've got news for you. Then you have the power to please God this morning. He's given you the power to please Him. He says, I'm not only going to put the desire in your heart, but I'm going to give you the power to be overcomers. I'm going to give you the power to be set free. I'm going to give you the power to accomplish what the desire is in your heart. See, God, I love God. He doesn't just call you out of something. He equips you to walk where He calls you. Amen? He equips you. You know, I, I've been told, I, I've been told that alcohol and different things like that, that's diseases. And, 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 and you just have, to, just have to accept that that's the way you are. But i got news for you. According to the Word of God, we are set free. Come on, a desire to be set free? You'll find the power to be set free. I prayed with a man last Easter Sunday right down here and, and perhaps you were here and you've seen he came in pretty messed up. And I watched all y'all's heads go this direction while I'm preaching one of the greatest messages I ever preached. Just kidding. 
Everybody looked. And yes, he was messed up. And he said right there, I, I, I visited with him the day before, and he literally told us he had to wait till 10 o'clock so he could drink a fifth before he could come to church. And he actually, I think he did it. And so I'll go to pray for him, and I say this, I say, do you want to be set free of this? I've, I've all heard the stories, you know. God sobers somebody up just like that. You know what he told me? No, I don't. No, I don't. You know what happened there? There was no desire, so there was no power. What I'm saying today, if there's desire, there's power. Amen? There's power to be set free. It doesn't have to be alcohol and stuff like that. Anything in your life, you have a desire to please God, God's going to give you the power to do what He's asking you to do. He will give you the power to be able to accomplish that. I'm just saying today that if you're struggling right now, you have a desire to please God in an area of your life, but you just don't know if you can do it. i got news for you this morning. There's power, power, power that you can do what God's asking you to do. Man. I figured I'd have someone just jump up and run on that. <laughs> Philippians 4.13, we all know it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? I found God to do that. When I got saved, I laid a lot of things down at the altar. When I hear people talking about stuff, I think, well, I know what you're talking about. And one lady I preached one time in Missouri, she said, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a preacher. And I said, let me tell you, I know what I'm talking about. God can do all kinds of things. God can do all kinds of things. He gives you the strength. One of those things, I used to dip snuff. Now, don't tell anybody. Oh, I just told everybody. <laughs> and that was one of the things I hung on to after I got saved. And one day the Lord put it in my heart, a desire to quit. I had been doing that for quite some time. I've always had that little pocket out here actually the night I got saved I went home and I threw that snuff can threw it as far as I could and it landed right on my back porch the next morning when I opened my back door there it was Satan had put it there I don't know who put it there <laughs> picked it up and put a dip right in my mouth and the Lord let me do that for my pastor didn't say nothing to me then the Lord says it's time for you to get rid of that and I thought oh Lord how am I going to do that so every time I had a craving I go I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'd crave some more. I'd say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'd crave another. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm going to tell you, I hadn't had a dip. I hadn't had any snuff in over 30-something years. Amen? I'm just saying, I, I know that if God puts a desire in your heart, my friend, you can have the power to overcome it. We don't serve a God that's powerless. The only time He's powerless is when we don't want to be set free. And when we don't want to let His power come in, and then you go around, well, there's no power. No, it's because you didn't want to be set free. Amen? He gives us desire, then He gives us the power. Third thing, preaching right along. Remember I said six. Working on connecting our smiley face with our attitude. Working on connecting our smiley face with our attitude. Philippians 2.14 Do all things without complaining and disputing. Off the web, I found this when it talked about complaining. Repeated complaining rewires your brain to make future complaining more likely. 
over your time, over time, it's easier to be negative than to be positive regardless of what happens around you. The complaining becomes your default behavior and changes even how people perceive you. Amen? Complaining. Third thing we want to work on is not to complain and dispute. How many of you found that to be real easy in your life? (laughs) I'm looking for that hand. (laughs) Let me tell you this morning, if you start complaining about how people drive, you will complain almost every time you drive. Amen? Now I've got a hallelujah. I'm going to tell you just, I'm, I'm, I'm typing this sermon out and, and literally I have saved my sermon up to point one. And so when I went to make the outline, I lost my sermon from this. This is not all the sermon I typed. This is just coming up. Alright? So, so I was sitting there thinking about this. I wanted so much to complain about my computer. Oh, I was hot. Oh, I was hot. And then I finally, I got, well at least I got an outline. I had sent... Oliver, an outline. At least I got an outline to work with. I'm an outline preacher most of the time, anyhow. And so, fine, I'm, I'm going. And I, I thought, well, I'm going to go home, get a little rest before I go to the party uh, tonight or last night. And so, when I'm driving down 10th Street, I literally type this back in because I remember me putting that in there. And literally, while I'm driving down 10th in my Jeep, I hear this rumble coming. I mean, it sounded like thunder. And I'm going down 10th, and all of a sudden, a motorcycle passes me on the left, doing about 100 miles an hour, and three more get me on the right. And I'm going. Because my favorite word, were you idiots? And then my sermon is resonating inside my heart. You can't complain. If you start now, you won't quit. Well, my problem is I have started a while back when people's driving. So I was trying not to complain. And, and literally, we got up to, they drove 90 miles an hour, and we get up to the same red light. Hurry up and stop. And then the red light doesn't recognize them because they're on motorcycles. If you've ever driven a motorcycle, you understand what I'm talking. If you're at a light, sometimes it doesn't even know that you're there. And it won't let you go. And so one of them gets off his motorcycle, puts a kickstand down, goes over and pushes the walk button on the pole. And he's wanting all the cars to come up. And I'm thinking, I want to get up close to you crazy guys. And so I'm literally thinking, I've got to do some complaining. So I'm doing it right now in my message, but <laughs> complaining. You know, if you start complaining about the workplace, you will complain almost every time you go to work. If you start complaining about the church, the people, the pastor, you will complain almost every time you go to church. See, complaining can get in your blood. We are to work on not complaining and disputing is what the Bible says. It's something that you're always going to have something to complain about. I felt so righteous before I left my office. There's always something going to come up in our life that causes us to want to stir up and complain about something. You turn on the news, you'll have plenty to complain about. You know, the children of Israel had this problem. Come on, no matter how many would you like to have God just totally lead you in the wilderness. Provide your food. I would love to have some manna. It's the perfect health tablet. Amen? I would love to have seen water come out of the rock. 
I would have loved to have seen the fire at night in the, in the cloud during the day. I would love to see His presence come down. But every moment they got, they started complaining against the Lord. He sent serpents in. He did this. How many know it gets in your blood even if God walks with you? Paul says, watch your complaining. I'm going to tell you this morning, unhappy people complain because complaining makes them unhappy. You'll never be happy if you become a complainer in your life. It doesn't matter if you switch jobs, switch churches. It doesn't matter if it gets in your blood. You're always going to be a complainer. See, getting in the habit of being a disputer is the same thing. If someone tells you that you would argue with a fence post, that's not a good thing. Amen? I tell my daughter, this is going to cost me $5. I tell my daughter, Megan, that all the time. We always argue just for the fun of it. Matter of fact, she told, I told her that Friday. But you know, we get in the habit of disputing. Nothing can make us happy. We have our opinions, and, and our opinions are the only ones that count. I'm, I'm learning, you know. Like I told you the other day, the older I get, I think, Lord, why didn't I have this wisdom when I was younger? I got it just in time to die. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that old yet. But it can get in your blood. Nothing will please you. You want to argue about everything. And people see that in your life. And that's what Paul's saying right here. We need to not be complainers and disputers because we got people looking at us. Come on, I've had people say, well, this one don't need to be in leadership because of the way they're stirring things up. I'm saying today, it, it does speak into other people's lives. If we're always complaining, always grumbling, murmuring about something, and always disputing, it never is good. And I don't know about you this morning, Pastor Oliver, you'll come. When those things get into our life, it's hard for us to get them out. See, I was in that category of complaining about drivers. And I told you my favorite word was idiot. I picked that one up off a friend of mine. But I literally started having to try to do something a little different. I started trying to say, God bless you. You know, that's in the Texas way. That's not a good way either. <laughs> but I literally had to start thinking of something else too. And it's, it would amaze you how much your blood pressure goes back down. And just, just shake your head. I remember used to when Oklahoma people got in front of us, we'd just shake our head. Now, I lived in Oklahoma, and I came to Texas. I seen you Texans going with my Oklahoma tags. The thing is, we have to work on those things. We have to work on them. We are continually a work in process. God is working in our lives, and the Word says He's in us. He's working in us. And we need to let God do that work and be the men and women that God would call us to be. Now, I told you I had six points. I'm going to preach the other three tonight. So, someone said, hallelujah. But I'm going to ask you this morning. These three things I've talked about this morning, they're important things.
Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't even started that journey on salvation. But I got news for you. Jesus died for you and we are all sinners. We're all born into it. You didn't choose it, but you are in that category. Wasn't a choice. I wouldn't have chose to be born as a sinner, but that wasn't my choice. I came into that. But I'm going to tell you what a choice was. Jesus chose to go and die for you. We celebrated last week. He died upon the cross of Calvary that we may have life and life more abundantly, that He would wash us, that precious blood would give us freedom. He paid that for each one of us in this house this morning. He paid the price that we wouldn't have to be sinners. And I'm a firm believer. I'm not just some sinner trying to get to heaven. I'm a child of God that's been washed by the blood of Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you don't have your life exactly like it needs to be, and you want to come into that that salvation and you want to start that journey on your own, I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray with you that you get things right and that you start this salvation journey to work out with fear and trembling. But maybe you're here, but you you haven't been working it out so good and you need a new start. I want to pray with you on that too. And maybe you're here this morning and you need, you feel God's desire in your heart. You feel God tucking at you. What's it feel like, Pastor? I can tell you exactly what that is. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He's been working on some of you trying to say, I I surrender it completely to you. He's been trying to speak to you, but yet you're not listening. But you want to fulfill that desire. The desire comes from God. And I got news for you this morning. The power is here this morning to let you fulfill the desire that God's putting in your heart. I went to a church service one night. I had no desire giving my life to the Lord. And then someone started talking to me on the back pew. I was the furthest back you could get. And his name was the Holy Spirit. And he started, we started having a little conversation inside. And he put a desire in my heart to go down and get my life right with God. I'm going to say, if you're there this day, that God's speaking to you, there's power for that to overcome. And maybe you've let life turn you into a complainer and a disputer. There's power to overcome that in your life also. Let me tell you, you'll be a lot happier person if you're not complaining all the time. Amen? Amen? But I'm going to tell you something else. Those people around you will be a lot happier too. Amen? Amen? And so God, through His power, He says we are to work on these things. It wasn't just written there. We are to work on these things, get them out of our life that we can be what God would want us to be. Three works. Work out our salvation. Work out to please God in our life. That is surrender. And the other one is work out where we're not complainers and disputers. Every head bowed just for a second. Who would say, Pastor Billy, this morning, I'm into one of those categories this morning, and I want God to do a work in my life I want God to do something in me this morning. I'm tired of that moment in my life. I'm I'm ready for God. I'm ready to surrender this to the Lord. I'm ready for Him to do something in my my life. Will you raise your hand this morning and say, that's me, Pastor. Amen, amen, amen. 